episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. Uh, happy Thanksgiving Eve, first of all, to both of you and to everyone listening. That's it. Okay. Really, I just want to get that out there. Wild, yeah, happy Wild Turkey Wednesday. Is that? Mm-hmm. That's a y- thing? Y- y'all be safe out there tonight. It's a thing. What does that mean? They're hunting the turkeys tonight. A lot of stray bullets just going around. No, or? like the the beverage wild wild turkey, turkey. Oh, bourbon. Yes, mm-hmm. actually, uh, my car was totaled a couple years ago on Wild <laughs> Wednesday or whatever you just called it. <laughs> wild Turkey Wednesday. Yes, it's like a it's like a con- it's like a heavy 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 drinking drinking e- night event. Yeah. You're and my how car, did that relate to the car total? was parked outside of mm-hmm. my in-laws home and someone ran into it on the way home because they and were you drunk. think they were oh you know they 100 percent. oh mm-hmm. they had a little too much of that wild turkey absolutely wow well stay safe out there everyone yeah. don't overindulge absolutely it, you can overindulge just don't drive drink responsibly yes um what have you guys been up to uh, watching, watching football. It's been kind of a mm. slow work week for me with Thanksgiving, so that's been kind of nice. Just I've been chilling, spending some time with the family. What about you guys? Uh, Cameron and I are coaching a fourth grade basketball team. Oh, nice! This winter, mm-hmm. and so we had our second practice on Monday. Running sprints. Uh, you know, while they dribble, yeah, basically <laughs> dribbling sprints. Um, we are coaching the B team. For some reason, in fourth grade, they already have A and B team. I disagree, but we're, we're just volunteers here. We're just along for the ride. So we had an idea to maybe like challenge the A team at some point oh, yeah. in a scrimmage. Usurp them, yeah, <laughs> and then the just, top team, and then just take their spot. Yeah, all of them. No, not even like just take the best players and switch them over. No, we're just, just gonna beat them. Yeah, yeah, take the beat whole them with team. the B team. Well, if anyone's gonna do it, it's, it's probably you guys. We're gonna give it a try. Appreciate your confidence. Um, what's up in the Mizzou world? Um, beat New Mexico State. We'll talk about that. We've got a big football game against Arkansas. And basketball plays three times before we will record again. So we got a lot to talk about there. I keep doing that. Yeah, these early, uh, early season games, they just kind of stack them up on us. Uh, before we get into all of it, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a review if you could. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Uh, let's do basketball first. Uh, most recently, the team beat Mississippi Valley State 83-62. to uh, That final score, I think, looks a little bit better than the game did uh, in reality. There was some slow time uh, for the Mizzou offense. There was some struggling defensive rotations. We've been talking about that so far pretty much every game this year. But they were able to get it under control. The pressure defense caused some turnovers in the second half, easy runouts, And the offense got going just enough to put the game away. But it was a little ugly there for a little bit. Yeah, I guess it's, it's good to know that they can play – a pretty terrible game honestly and still win by 20 plus but i guess that's what you can do that when you're playing 362nd ranked yeah. team in the country yeah yeah it was kind of a it was just kind of a struggle never really got any flow going and um it was kind of an ugly win 
Um, welcome back, Isaiah Mosley. Yeah, that was good to see. Welcome back to the offense. He, I think, had 18 points. I like that. And I especially liked seeing him. His first two made threes of the year were on spot-up catch-and-shoot opportunities. Yeah. And that's exactly what I said I wanted to see more of last week. And, of course, like, those are easier shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good to see him uh, kind of look a little bit more like himself. Just a couple of, like, I'm going to just do something here. Um we got to, we're kind of struggling on offense. I'm going to take it upon myself to, to get us out of the slump. And like I talked about last week, whenever we're playing better opponents, I, I think we'll continue to see that where it's like I'm I'm the best player on this team and I'm going to shoot us out of this. And he probably will because he can do that. Yeah, uh, Nick Honor um, got more of the point guard minutes this week or in this game. And he finished with six assists on the game, as well as 10 points. So he had a good game. Demoy Hodge, four of nine from three, 18 points total with six steals. Mm. That definitely got him back in it. But um, got out-rebounded by Mississippi Valley State. And offensive rebounds State with 15 to Mizzou's nine. So rebounding, going to be an issue. Size, going to be an issue. Yep. Um, Mississippi Valley State went to a zone defense for a good portion of the game. Missouri struggled with it a little bit early, but then they kind of figured it out. We're able to get the ball to Mosley at the free throw line a few times and make some plays. So really, all's well that ends well there. Uh, a lot of this, a lot of the same basketball that we've been seeing. Yeah, super high-paced offense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm a little concerned for what's going to happen when we play teams with a lot more length and um can bang around down low a little bit more it's uh, that's a legitimate concern but until then uh, missouri is dominating and it's, it's fun to watch uh the next opponent at home is coastal carolina they're 189th in kempom and they do have some depth and size down low but they really shouldn't be too much of a threat. Um, they haven't done much this season at all. They've won two games against non-D1 opponents and then lost to 316th-ranked USC Upstate. And Coastal Carolina is 207th in defensive efficiency, 172nd in offensive efficiency. Nothing too threatening there. They do have some decent size down low. Um, and lots of they play like five different four and five spot players that they kind of just rotate between Um, they don't shoot a lot of threes so again too early for in their season to really know what they are at all Mm -hmm. but um, shouldn't be too much of a struggle I think it'll be pretty similar to the other games that we've seen probably some struggles interior defense probably some struggles on rotations and rebounding but we'll just be able to go out there and run and score transition baskets so that was something that mississippi valley did a good job in the first half limiting turnovers leading to transition points for mizzou Mm -hmm. Uh, after that missouri will play houston christian 335th in kimpom Houston Baptist. Which what's it called? Houston Christian. Oh, okay, one of those. Maybe is there a Houston Baptist also? I don't know. Houston, I've got it as Houston Christian. Okay, I'm sure. From you're... Houston, Texas, head coach Ron Cottrell. 
my app says Houston Baptist, but I'm sure it's the same exact place. I think maybe they changed their name. Maybe so. Kempom has them as Houston Baptist for the last 10 years, and now this year, Houston Christian. Either way, just some nice Christian fellas. I would assume so. Just some good men. Um, They're 335th in Kempom. Not going to be a problem. We're not going to spend any more time on it, unless you really want to, Kyle. I, I, I don't. The big game of this early season slate is a road matchup with Wichita State early next week. Wichita State, a top 100 team. It will, it's on the road. It'll be a challenge. Um, they're not bad at all. Uh, 52nd in defensive efficiency. They play incredibly slow pace, like 330th in tempo. So that's going to be a clash of styles there. Um, what are you looking forward to in like the first difficult matchup on paper for Mizzou? Yeah, I mean, just seeing how they respond to adversity, this is probably going to be one of the first times they're behind in a game unless they just you know run away with it somehow, which I'm not expecting. Yeah, it's how how is Missouri going to respond in a game where they don't get to necessarily dictate the the pace? Because in every game they've played so far. They just go crazy with transition buckets. They're running all over the place. They're they're you know going at a crazy, probably top fifty pace right now. Um, so that that's going to be really interesting to see when they're probably forced to to slow down. What what happens? And um, you know I don't really know exactly what Wichita State's makeup is as far as kind of their interior presence, but I think the tempo alone could could lead to a pretty different looking game than what we've seen Missouri play so far. Yeah, their, uh, their starter down low is 6'11", 235, a sophomore. Um, let's see here. Uh, looks like competent shot blocker, but more than anything, just a big body down there who's mm-hmm. pretty athletic. But yeah, um, So not, not the post players that we'll see in SEC play, but definitely this, uh, size-wise. Yeah, someone who can get rebounds, though. and Yeah cause issues so definitely yeah i think that'll be another thing to watch is just um what does missouri do to get around some of their deficiencies in um down low against a competent team um wichita state has a couple players you may have heard of before uh transfers from the sec uh their best offensive player is a forward named jaquan walton who transferred from georgia um he's capable three-point shooter he's six seven um, gets to the free throw line a lot, just a really efficient player, doesn't turn the ball over, um, but not not incredibly high usage, but he plays a lot of minutes. And then James Rojas, uh, transfer from Alabama, also on the roster, contributing quite a bit as a senior. Um, something that Wichita State does that I think might pose problems for Mizzou is they pack the paint on defense and basically make you shoot threes over the top. Missouri, in theory, should have enough capable shooters to make that work. But, uh, like, so far, Wichita State opponents, like, 45% of their shots are from three. Hmm. And the opponents are not shooting a high percentage either. So, really good defense from Wichita State. Missouri's going to have to make threes. And I just, I'm worried about... Box out. Yeah. Got to get some <laughs> rebounds and... There's not going to be very many second-chance opportunities unless if we are shooting threes, you're going to have to track down some long rebounds. But 
I don't yeah. know. I'm I'm not super confident on this one. Yeah, totally uh, opposite teams. And for it being the first big yeah. challenge for totally this team, un, yeah, untested so far. Wichita State beat uh, top eighty team Richmond on the road, fifty six to fifty three. Beat Grand Canyon fifty five to forty three. Grand Canyon Jeez. top one hundred team. So very different scores than the Mizzou games we've been watching. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Missouri scored 80 plus in almost every game. Yeah. Are we are we doing predictions here? Yeah, we better make a prediction. Uh, give me uh, give me a close win for Missouri. Give me like 60 to 58 win. But I, I wouldn't be surprised though if Missouri just looks totally incompetent. First time on the road against a, a good opponent, it it could be a, a totally different experience than what we've seen. Yeah, in my head and like in the preseason, I kind of was looking at this game against Wichita State and then later in December, game against UCF. And I kind of figured we'd go one and one in those two games. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm hoping for just a, a really close game where Missouri can fight through what Wichita State's throwing at them on defense. But. With it being the first real challenge and the clash of styles, I and it being on the road, I think that's enough to give Wichita State a slight edge. I'm thinking, kind of like what you're saying, three point game or less. I'm thinking Wichita State seventy to sixty eight or something like that. Mm. If uh, if Missouri can force turnovers and get out in transition and get some easy buckets make it Wichita State feel like they've got to play faster yeah get speed, them kind of into a frantic yes yeah, speed them up and get this game in like the 80s in like 70s 80s if this game's played in the 60s I think yeah Missouri loses yeah not just they haven't shown they can be efficient enough on offense although they're two their two-point shooting percentage is off the charts early on because of so many layups and dunks mm-hmm that is something I've really enjoyed seeing, though. So many dunks. I feel like we've had more dunks this year than like the entire Conzo Martin era outside of Tillman. Yeah, much more athletic team. Have you watched much college basketball yet this year outside of Missouri? Um, yeah, I've seen. I watched some of the one of those early season matchup things where like uh, Kansas was playing Duke and Kentucky was playing Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I watched some of that. Uh, I was watching a little bit of the Maui Invitational last night. Um, mm. I was watching Arkansas and Creighton play, which is a little bit depressing yeah. due to different personnel reasons. But I've seen a couple uh, Arkansas highlights. Yeah, so yeah, far. a few highlights of one player in particular. But uh, outside of those depressing things, like there's just something really charming though about the Maui Invitational. Just like these pretty good teams just packing it into this like crappy oh, old yeah. gym and yeah. like. I don't know. It kind of has like a, I don't know, it's kind of an old school feel. Yep. And that's, uh, I feel like that's really charming. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I love some of these holiday tournaments and stuff. It's just kind of fun to have in the background of whatever you're doing. And yeah, I honestly feel like the, the more unique matchups like Arkansas Creighton, who are like both kind of regional top 15 type teams. Mm-hmm. Um, those are super appealing. I'm kind of getting tired of the like, blue blood matchups early in the season i think that was a very cool thing when it first came up but now it's like okay these four teams are just going to play each other every year play yeah Yeah. um i'd be i i'm much more 
into the less traditional matchups. Yeah, for sure. Just something different. Yeah. Gives you like a little taste of the matchups that you see in March. Mm -hmm. Something about like college basketball and just all the data points that go into it. Like when we're thinking about March in you know a few months just all of the data points of like well this team played this team and in in the maui invitational and this happened and there's just so there's so much going on i uh i'm excited to bring all that back so missouri is five and oh right now they should be able to be seven and oh going into the wichita state game then it's just simo before the December 10th matchup with Kansas. So next week we'll be able to mm. dig into that a little bit more. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I would really like to be undefeated going into that, but maybe they would be better off getting a loss out of the way against Wichita State. That's how I'm going to spin it in my head. That's yeah. my silver lining for if they lose. Yeah, I don't care what happens. Just beat Kansas. Yeah, they'll get that out of their system. They'll know what playing a decent team is like. Yeah. And they'll be ready. For sure. All right. Moving on to football. Missouri beat New Mexico State. I didn't even write down the final score. Uh, 45-14. Uh, very close to the prediction you had. I think you said like 41-13 or something. And you correctly predicted a defensive touchdown. Mm. And you correctly predicted that Sam Horn would play. So congratulations. Thank you. Correct on all accounts. Didn't want to bet any money on it, but I did say yeah, that he would play. Yeah, I gave you. A, I put the pressure on you a little bit to see how confident you were. I didn't really double down, did I? No, I would say confidence was not. Was maybe like a six out of ten. Um, this was, I don't know, not much to take away from this game. Missouri, maybe, performed better than I expected. They made it look fairly yeah. easy. They were clearly significantly better than the other team which is good to see every once in a while i did find it interesting that it it really seemed like the missouri offense was keeping things very i don't know basics the right word but they were gonna just methodically make sure that they won this game and never really give new mexico state a chance but it wasn't like in a explosive run up the score type Mm -hmm. of way it was a we're just gonna march down the field not do anything crazy we have the advantages at pretty much every position so we're just gonna leverage that and get first downs march down the field score points yeah that's exactly right so it wasn't uh anything too spectacular brady cook 13 of 27 passing 251 yards three touchdowns uh, two of those to Luther Burden. Three catches for 35 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. One uh, super athletic player jumped over a couple linemen or something yeah. to score. Yeah, I mean, obviously, throw expect- expectations out the window. Luther Burden's really kind of quietly having a, a really solid season, especially for a true freshman. He's, I think he has seven touchdowns on the year, eight if you count his punt return for a yeah. touchdown. So, yeah, and he's back-to-back weeks has had a touchdown, mm-hmm. so kind of kind of coming on a little bit here. Yeah, receptions and yards, nothing outside of I mean, impressive for a true freshman. Right. Nothing crazy, but exactly in line with sort of the what you would want to see in a normal progression mm-hmm. from a top flight sure. wide receiver. Absolutely. Yeah. Still, probably like, well, Dominic Lovett's been our best wide receiver, but definitely um, recently Luther Burden has been very very involved. Yeah, and with just one game left in the regular season, he has never really hit a freshman wall where it looks like, yeah. oh, at a certain point in the season, he just couldn't 
he just didn't have it on have his legs under him or anything like that right yeah he's almost done the opposite he's, he's gotten better which is you love to see that uh barrett banister seven catches for 91 yards they were he was all over the field making plays uh got hit um late in the game and got a concussion so it's looking like he will most likely not play against arkansas yeah. so that sucks for him obviously yeah. Uh, it sucks for the team, obviously, but it sucks even more for him being from Arkansas and mm-hmm. this that looking ahead as that his last opportunity to play for Mizzou. Yeah, that could have potentially be, that could be his last game. Yeah. Yep, that's unfortunate. And he was I I mean I think that was his highest yardage game that he's ever had, like ninety one yards. That, I, think. I would be surprised if he's had more than that in yep. a game. Yeah, he's really become. I mean, obviously, we've always talked about him being kind of the third down move the chains guy but like legitimately especially going back to maybe the Tennessee game like we've really kind of leaned on him in some clutch moments so yeah if we are without him against Arkansas that's it's gonna hurt um Brady Cook also seven carries for 71 yards I want to talk about that specifically they've the offense has really made designed runs and read options a staple of the offense last three games maybe better for it yes and um who did we play before Kentucky? I could look, but Vanderbilt. I think it maybe was the Vanderbilt game. Uh, no, South Carolina. South Carolina, I think. I'm just gonna look while I have this in front of me. Um, there was a game where Brady Cook ran more and looked good. Yeah, South yeah. Carolina. Eleven rushes for 53 yards and a touchdown. Had some really big plays in that one. Kind of sparked the offense by. Um, keeping the ball on a read option and scoring at the goal line mm-hmm. then they didn't run at all completely backed away from that against kentucky and we were sitting here like that worked like why yep. every read option looking play is just a handoff yeah why against not kentucky why not make the defense have to defend two different players at the same time like that are both capable of running i don't understand why you wouldn't be using that all the time and then against Tennessee he ran for I think 100 yards and then now against New Mexico State seven carries for 71 yards so um that the Kentucky game is going to always be frustrating yeah. uh, for that but the offensive coaching staff there was reports and rumors that uh coach Hamden had been taking over play calling the last couple weeks and that from just watching the games that seemed to make sense that he would take over and lean on cook running a little bit more since it's one of the few things that has worked consistently this year mm-hmm. pretty simple change yeah considering and brady's making the call at the line on what he wants to do yeah but um getting into a little bit of post-game stuff coach drinkwitz kind of said no that we're basically doing things like we always have been which is the entire offensive coaching staff coming together to figure out what plays we want to run he he didn't address who's actually calling the plays into the quarterback did he yeah it's like did he mention he name dropped hamden last week yes or, and then kind of like reverted back and said oh that's kind of overblown yeah like yeah i'm not really sure what's going on yeah it was a it was a little bit of a like check your sources situation on like the actual report that there was basically somebody acting as offensive coordinator and running and calling the plays so he tried to walk that back a little bit i don't know it seems strange to be a little bit cagey about that situation right but well you know i feel like he's very very aware of perceptions from the fans and stuff and 
you know, immediately though, you know, some of some of the guys, uh, us included in, in the Discord, start thinking, okay, well, is Hamden going to start getting OC looks? Mm-hmm. And you know, is uh, if Hamden's calling a lot of the plays, he was we, the offensive coordinator at um, Washington, right? So it's it's like, okay, well, is Hamden going to potentially be this kind of internal hire if we're going to look into OC? Which I think we will. I think we'll hire an OC next year. Um, but then there's a little bit of like, you know, is he ready? There's yeah. a little bit of pause. Like, okay, he's... That's not going to be much of a splash. It's not an exciting hire. Yeah. And so I wonder if maybe those kind of perceptions start creeping up and coaches... I feel like he's just tuned in, man. He's aware of those kind of things. He, he knows what's being said. Borderline Almost too much. Too much. Yeah. I agree. So I wonder if that was kind of just like, okay, you know, we're, we're still going to leave our options open for the offseason on an OC. I'm not going to – I don't want the fans to just start thinking that Hamden's like the guy here. He's, he's taking over the play calling. I don't think it's that serious. So um, I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. But he definitely kind of walked back his own statement, which is a, a little bizarre. Yeah, it was a little confusing. But I kind of understand not wanting to just – Like single someone out. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, keep some – mystery around your plans to sure. some extent is is typical and understandable um what did you think about the quarterback situation after the lead was established and brady cook could come out of the game uh man i was i was so excited when we kind of started hearing about sam horn warming up on the sidelines and you know like i think there was a dave matter tweet that was like he has taken off his red cap and he's put his helmet on and i was like oh let's go (laughs) i was getting so excited and because we've just been waiting for this moment for a long time and you know there's a pretty good chance this this guy is our future right here and so we we've been waiting to see him play for a long time and so and honestly like well maybe we'll go into this in a minute but i'll just say i was pretty disappointed to see jack abraham walking out there after sam horn's like half of a series basically yeah um horn threw the ball twice it was kind of like similar to i don't know it was pretty spot on with that worst case scenario that we talked about in the preview um but we were imagining him staying in the game after he got a drive yeah i was i was totally not even remotely considering at all that that they were going to take him out after one drive. I now, just was assuming he would play the rest of the game. With hindsight, it's like okay, that was probably Jack Abraham's final college game yes. ever. So, who okay, like fine, that's fine. But uh, selfishly, as a fan of yeah. Mizzou, I wanted to see Sam Horn out there for the rest of the fourth quarter for sure. Do you think if they played a? Do you think if they made a bowl game that's just kind of some middling? Do you think Sam Horn would play the whole game or maybe a half or anything like that, or do you think they would just try and win? Try and win. Although I don't get it. I don't understand that. I mean, in my if I'm in Coach Drink's situation, there I'm probably at least playing Sam Horn a half. Yeah, I mean, it's and, not just for no reason. Yeah. Like if this guy's really kind of come in here and start next year potentially or has the shot to you would think you'd want to get him some some game action with very little consequence i feel like that's that's a bowl game right there is like very little consequence especially i would before the extension i would have said um you he probably and i can't blame him you play brady cook try to win the bowl game because you kind of need something like that going your way going into negotiations or whatever's to come with the contract situation or have a freshman quarterback to sell yeah yeah 
Uh, well, and again, unless it goes poorly, again, you uh, there's something to be said about not playing horn so that you can be like, hey, we have this future here. Keep it mysterious. Yeah, you haven't even seen what he can do. Yep. Now, though, post extension, you're secure. You should be thinking, how you know, is this bowl win really that important when we could be seeing our freshman quarterback get some playing time, see what he can do for sure. Well, speaking of Sam Horn, I, you know, extremely, extremely limited. Uh, I mean, he threw the ball like twice. Yep. He got Barrett Bannister concussed, unfortunately. But all things considered, though, I thought he looked really good just in like the couple of throws he made. He, he did overthrow somebody, I think. But he made a really nice throw that got down to like the two-yard line and it had to come back because mm-hmm. of something completely unrelated to Sam Horn. But just his athleticism and his like arm talent is so obvious and it's like something that you know no offense to Brady Cook but you know he's kind of just a guy athletically comparatively to Sam Horan like when you watch him throw and like you see like just kind of the ball come out of his hands it's just like it looks really good people have been saying that all year too it's like when you watch him uh warm up next to each other yeah and they're he throws a, a really yeah. pretty ball I'm yeah. not gonna lie so and he looked better on that little uh that was a looked like a design run yeah. for him to go pick up a first down. Yep, a ten yard rush looks did it totally perfectly. capable of, of getting a first down on the ground. Yeah, Brady Cook still looks better running the ball, but yeah. I think I had with not seeing a horn play in a long time, I had kind of thought I was envisioning him as more of this statuesque yes. pocket passer for sure. And uh, he he can definitely he showed he can pick up first downs with yeah. his legs, and that's. Regardless of, you know, design runs for Brady Cook or whatever, I think we're seeing this in the NFL, and I think this is this has been the reality in college football for a while. You having a quarterback that can extend plays and knowing when to take off to just go get a first down or go get six yards when they're right there in front of you. Um, having your quarterback end up with like five to ten rushes for 30 to 80 yards is a huge difference maker Mm -hmm. in games for sure yeah i I just think immediately sam horn brings like he just kind of expands the field with his ability to throw it anywhere and i feel like just in the extreme limited uh amount of plays that we saw from him i felt like the defense was kind of like okay we got to play this guy differently yeah he can throw it all over the field and there it just seemed like there was so much more space to work with like the wide receivers were running open a little bit like the defense was kind of was just playing it differently and playing a little more like a loose zone almost and um i don't know it just felt like any of these wide receivers could could catch the could catch a pass at any point and sometimes i don't really feel like that with brady cook it just feels like things are kind of scripted or there's one guy that we might have a shot at you know getting a 10 yard pass with here or whatever yeah. and um I just, it just Sam Horn just equaled exciting offense to me in in my mind. Yeah, uh, the more I, I hate how the quarterback situation has gone for Drink's entire tenure so far, because it has not let the fans, it has not allowed us to be confident at all in his decision making. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. So if there weren't two prior disasters or like you know head scratching situations at quarterback in the short time that he's been here Mm -hmm. then i would feel so much more comfortable being like 
you know, yeah, Sam Horn's not ready. Yeah. Let's let Brady Cook do his thing, and yeah, he'll be here when he when he's ready. It's too easy, unfortunately, to question this situation because of those prior missteps. Yeah. yeah, really, even more so than the fans. I just hope Sam Horn understands what the plan is because he's got to survive the off season, you yeah. know, and he could always go somewhere else. And so I hope he understands, like. Uh, I just got to be patient, and I think this is my team next year, all that. But who knows? Who, who knows what their relationship is like behind closed doors? There's also Jabari Johnson coming in, mm-hmm. which that's very exciting. He's yeah. a really good four-star yeah, totally, quarterback recruit. Yeah, totally opposite quarterback of Sam Horn, really. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I think there's been a little concern of, like, is Sam Horn really the guy because we haven't played him and um, – didn't really get much run against New Mexico State and all that. And I, I mean, that's fair to, to at least be a little bit worried about that. But I think the way I see it is they're just really taking him slow. He's really green. He's kind of been a dual sport athlete his whole life. He, you know, he's very athletic, but he needs some time to, to just kind of get acclimated to the college game. And like you said, Jack Abraham, it was his last college game. I think they wanted to get him in there a little bit for that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to overreact to that stuff. I, I still 100% think Sam Horn is the starter next year. This is his team going forward, and um, that's that's exciting to me. Yeah, I'm still I'm still stuck on those previous quarterback situations, but I can – this is not necessarily – this is what I'm trying to convince myself of, yeah. and I don't think it's a stretch. Drink wants the quarterback to have experience and feel comfortable out there. Mm-hmm. So he started with – um, a quarterback in I forgot his name uh, long ago uh, transferred from TCU uh, that lost his job to Basilac. Yes, uh, Sean, Sean Robinson, Robinson, the experienced guy who had started before, put him out there. Yes, we don't want to. Like, Connor Basilac does not have the game experience to be running this team yet. Yeah, it backfired. We had to go with Basilac. Basilac now has experience. He's the guy who knows the offense, has made plays, has played one SEC games. There's no need to rush into a Brady Cook conversation. Well, then things fell apart and we had to turn to Brady Cook. Mm-hmm. Now, Brady Cook is the guy with experience who has won SEC games, and we have this freshman. Like, how many times yeah. are we going to do that? Exactly. So get him some experience. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I 100% agree. There's there's concerns there. And uh, I just think it's like Missouri just constantly tight roping this like are we good conversation yes. like are, are we bowl eligible like yes. do we want to win this yes we do and so this season's just been really bizarre man and honestly i think if we just pull out a couple of games along the way that maybe we could have and didn't yeah. sam horns in there more i don't know but i think it's just the constant battle of like i really want to get us bowl eligible i really want us to win these games and i think right now because of the pr- things you talked about brady cook is is the most acclimated the most game ready right now but obviously Sam Horn's ceiling is infinitely higher. Yep. Yep. Ugh. I just hate being in this spot where it's just like, yeah. well, we just got to wait and see. Yeah, Only like time will tell. Every day we're going back and back yeah. and forth on ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we jump into Arkansas, um, it is f- portal season is fast approaching. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit before we – uh, finish things out with Arkansas and our predictions and everything. A um, couple sort of headlines that I've seen. Um, Towski Dove has publicly said that he would love to come back to Mizzou for another year. Um, it's honestly questionable in my head whether there's a spot for him or not. 
Um, but that's something to watch. Yeah, he's had a kind of a weird season. Like, kind of a guy that was taking the trajectory of a guy who could be have a really impactful senior year and mm-hmm. just didn't. No, and just and maybe it's not all his fault. No, he was passed up by younger guys who are just more talented and have higher ceilings. But which is good that those younger players were able to, you know, uh, surpass the. Yeah on paper less talented yeah guy and uh, a little bit of quarterback play maybe he wants to have a sam horn season <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> i didn't even think about that um and then so that's just kind of seeing that statement and realizing there's only one game left and then it's about to kick yeah. off in the biggest way you've ever seen yeah it's uh it's gonna it, be wild it's good to see too also just like locker room like morale aspect that you know these seniors a lot of the guys want to come back and yeah. i think that's a great sign for yeah. just things that are going on and their belief in the team moving forward and that is something just kind of another really small thing that makes me think like maybe something exciting is going on the, on the horizon with a new quarterback and all that stuff so like that's probably way over reading it but um it's dead seems like guys want to come back for another year that's a good thing um, but yeah, portal season is uh, is almost upon us, and you know, I never want football season to end. It's, it seems like it goes by so quickly, but you know there is something kind of fun about the off season and just some of the personnel changes and all that. Yeah, so um, Coach Drinkwitz was talking about some of this stuff in his press conference this week, and there were some clips that kind of made their way around the college football uh, Twitter community. But I listened to the whole thing. I honestly didn't before any clips were circulated i didn't really see anything in that press conference that was too noteworthy to me i think he was making them good points and it all kind of made sense and i do like how he is willing he seems hesitant sometimes but he will go ahead and explain a little bit of the thought process in some of those areas and he was kind of just talking about how much work is ahead of him after the arkansas game and how descent whatever the date is december 10th or december 6th or something everything's just going to go crazy and he was talking about the you know everything from fcs and juco transfers to recruiting your own team to not go to other schools how much work uh will be going into the next few months on his end and sounds exhausting sounds exhausting but also but fun from the fan perspective it's it is going to be fun and i feel like every every off season now there's like this calculus being done like every departure and addition is where we're trying to figure out is this a net negative is this a net positive what's this going to mean for next year and being able to just follow along basically week by week of the players that are in the portal and yeah uh, it's exciting yeah i mean there's all every year there's like some familiar names that maybe want to come back home <clears throat> that we don't even know about yet yeah there's and um yeah some of the fcs like uh like uh josh coleman is that his name josh no dj coleman yeah has worked out really well he was an fcs transfer like yeah they're gonna try and pull guys from anywhere and i think that some of the top guys from some of those lower levels are absolutely capable of contributing at an sec level so coaching changes that yeah haven't happened yet yeah, coaching carousel for sure mm. is gonna is is gonna wreak some havoc but um yeah a lot of changes and he you know he mentioned just the transfer portal in general and how you know the grass isn't always greener i think that's kind of the, one of the clips that i've seen circulating quite a bit is just that guys kind of want to skip the adversity step and in life and you know not the grass isn't always greener somewhere else and you may just be trading problems for another set of problems and that kind of stuff and 
it seemed like he was a little bit unsure of whether he or not he wanted to go into that like beforehand he was kind of just like almost looked like he was debating himself in his mind mm-hmm. like yeah i don't know if i want to is this worth saying or yes not? Yeah. but man like we were talking about earlier he is really really tuned in he's so calculated and sometimes i think it's a little bit obvious that like he has almost planned like this this uh entire speech but i think that's just what makes him such a good recruiter that's what why he just got extended you know three weeks ago is because i think he sells himself so well he's very well spoken he's very calculated he has he has the answer he has an answer that he knows he's comfortable with yes to a lot of different questions and it's easy to get behind what he's talking about and so it did almost seem like he was already kind of starting to re-recruit his own team because he knows guys have other opportunities Mm -hmm. but you know it it felt like from the heart but also very rehearsed and uh but i thought he made some good points about um we just maybe need to stick through the the pressure a little longer try and work through the adversity and the problems instead of um, leaving and going somewhere else because you're probably just going to end up some of the same stuff yeah and he was talking about the growth not being linear and you can't just expect this perfect stair step progression to a national championship and yeah you can't even expect that type of progression to an eight-win season. Yeah, it's going to be. Sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. And f- you know, from the from an outside perspective, from the fans' perspective, it's really easy to just kind of map out some of those freshmen and you know where you know guys that aren't contributing this year, like how they can um, how they can you know have bigger roles in the future, and you know that's stuff that we just kind of think about naturally. But if you're actually the guy in the position and you're not getting the playing time you want, and you're not being utilized the way you want, it can seem like you just can't see the future you can't you know see past the problems but um i don't know i feel like for a lot of those guys there's a lot of guys that aren't playing right now that will be in a year or two if if they can stick through it so i I hope that they're able to you know maintain some of those uh, some of that talent yeah and a lot of times that's not that's not even the players that come to mind it's not the players that are right there at the front of your mind of a guy that isn't playing right now Mm -hmm. it's uh yeah just the football roster is deep and um getting these guys to their junior and senior seasons in this program it's pivotal is what makes the difference yeah Yeah. all right let's look at arkansas missouri trying to get bowl eligible coach drink said he is not thinking or talking about bowl eligibility at all Mm, i don't know about that but (laughs) uh he said this week is all about a rivalry game. They got a trophy. We want it. Bring the trophy home. Uh, Arkansas is six and five on the season. I uh, got their schedule here. There were a few notable games. They lost to a pretty terrible Texas A&M team early in the season. Uh, they started out with three wins against Cincinnati, South Carolina, and Missouri State. Very close game against Missouri State. Then they lost three in a row to Texas A&M, Alabama, and Mississippi State. Then they beat BYU and Auburn. And then they lost to Liberty. And they lost to LSU. And then most recently, they upset Ole Miss. They destroyed Ole Miss. Yes. Yeah, Arkansas has had a really bizarre season. Like, totally just a roller coaster. And that's going to make... Uh, Friday's game really really hard to predict because it's just kind of depends on what Arkansas team shows up and uh, they just got their bowl eligibility so maybe they're not fighting for that anymore and uh, it would have been fun to have both yes. those teams sitting there with five wins winner goes to a bowl 100% but, but I'm also okay with I'll, them yeah not thinking about that I'll take it yeah 
Yeah, I don't know if it was just like Ole I don't know what happened to Ole Miss, man. I don't know if they just thought their coach was leaving them or something and they just gave up or what. And I mean, that could still happen. Lane Kiffin could still go somewhere else. But well, he's been pretty adamant that he's not going anywhere. Yeah. But we've seen that before. Yes, we have. I, I feel like we've probably seen that from him before. Probably. Um, yeah, we, what kind of Arkansas team is going to show up here? I mean, it looks like they have not ever so far this season they have not only won one game in a row they've always stacked wins so this would, they're coming off a win against Ole Miss KJ Jefferson's back KJ Jefferson is very good and he's healthy uh, he's got over 2,000 passing yards and almost 500 rushing yards on the season 26 total touchdowns with only three interceptions yeah, he's kind of a tank, man. If he gets out in space, it's like, uh, I don't really want to tackle this guy. Yeah, and he can make all the throws, extend plays. Um, yeah, he's – if you could have KJ Jefferson as your team's quarterback in college football, I, there's not a lot of guys – like, he. there's not a lot of guys I would take. Just If you could just have him every single year, your team would be you set. you take it. Yeah. Um, then they've got running back Raheem Sanders. He's got 1,300 yards on the season and 10 touchdowns. So their offense can move the ball. Oh, yeah. They've got their running backs. five different guys that can catch the ball, several out of the backfield. For sure. Yeah, their wide receivers are kind of pedestrian, but, yeah, Rocket Sanders is like, man, he's fun to watch. Yeah. He's electric. Yeah. Uh, so just those two, like between like read option plays or uh, just traditional pitch options where you got to focus on both of these guys, I think it'll push – uh, Missouri's defense a little bit I don't think Jefferson is not the type of guy where you can just wait for him to make a mistake because yeah. if you're waiting for that it's just not going to happen mm-hmm. anything uh, a Jefferson fumble or interception is rare and if we get something like that in this game we got to capitalize on it yeah yeah I'm hoping that um the pressure can really get to him I don't know if Isaiah McGuire is going to play in this game I know he kind of got hurt last week um I think he was maybe trending towards being able to play this week, but we could really we could really use him, and that I think that like most games we play in, that's going to be the strength is that the pressure on the quarterback, and I think that's that's going to be important. Defensively for Arkansas, uh, well, one last thing on offense, obviously um, with Sam Pittman, they they always have a good offensive line, even if they're not you know otherworldly, they're still going to be solid, very well coached fundamentally sound so it will still be a bit of an, a challenge for Missouri's defensive line I think uh, defensively Arkansas 13th in the SEC in points per game allowed and 13th in yards per game allowed mm-hmm. so definitely some vulnerability there um, and it's pretty much like I can't remember the numbers exactly but like they give up well over 100 yards per game rushing and well over 200 yards like bordering 300 yards per game passing so they're this is not Barry Odom's best defense by far and it sounds like um there's a decent chance that bumper pool might not play uh their like yeah, eighth he, year starting linebacker say, he has been there for what seems like a decade and he's really good but um, yeah, I, I mean, Arkansas is going to be vulnerable. It, it, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, I don't know if Missouri can take advantage even of a struggling SEC defense. But I mean, we get to these end-of-the-year games, it's like obviously kind of a grind and uh, the season's wrapping up and you've got bowl eligibility. It kind of just is like 
almost the most important factor is like how bad do we want to play how how bad do we want to win this game I do think there's going to be some motivation to want to beat Missouri just with like kind of the rivalry that that they've established a little bit but hopefully there's a little bit of just fatigue and and Missouri can can uh, have their way on offense a little bit yeah I'm wanting to look back at last year's schedule real quick because two years ago um, in the, the COVID season there was a little bit of uh, Missouri falling apart at the end. I yeah. remember the the Mississippi State game. Yeah. It was kind of a weird one. Um, last year, Missouri was coming off a win, two home wins, South Carolina, and then overtime against Florida mm-hmm. before losing to Arkansas 34-17. to yeah. so, And that felt less competitive than that score says, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I don't I, – I feel like – this team, the Mizzou team, will be up for this game. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think we'll see a late season letdown. Exactly. Um, yeah, that is one thing about Brady Cook is like I, they're never gonna uh, they're never gonna have any instances of them not trying. I don't think. Yeah. Like I, I do think he is a good leader in that way where he, he gets he gets the guys pumped up and obviously he's always ready to go. Absolutely, you love that about him. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling like Missouri will move the ball okay in this game. I, Arkansas's defense doesn't scare me too much. We have to, I mean, the classic story, we got to avoid turnovers. And But Brady Cook's been doing a pretty good job on that front mm-hmm. lately. Yeah. Um, yeah, the I, offense has been a lot better the last probably two or three games. Mm-hmm. I would like to see um, more love it. He's been a little bit quiet recently. Yeah, we're gonna have to with if Barrett Bannister's not playing. Love yeah. it, and, and Burden are gonna have to have big games. Honestly, Dove might fill in for kind of that Bannister role a little bit, kind of just the third down chain mover guy. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we didn't mention in the New Mexico State game was uh, touchdown catch first of his career for uh, Ryan Horsecamp. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing I love about those games, kind of late in the year where it's against uh, nobody. Is like I want to see the young guys get in there. Mm. That, was, that was good to see him get a big play. Lots of young players on defense were getting rotated in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this Arkansas game, man, I really want this to be a win. I'm not super confident in Missouri's offense still. And our, I feel like this might be relatively high scoring for a Mizzou game. Could be. Do you have a number in your head? I'll throw something out. Okay. Um... I think Missouri knows what they got to do. I think they want to keep playing, and they're going to beat Arkansas 34-31. Okay, okay. On a Mevis game-winning field goal. Oh, my goodness. How many times have we said that this year? Zero. I think it's usually me saying that, and I'm wrong. So maybe you'll <laughs> maybe you'll get it. Um, yeah, I wrote down Mizzou 29-27. You love those weird numbers that they'll never get to. 29 is not a weird number, is it? Is that a weird number, Cameron? Mm, I think it'd take like four field goals, maybe. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> will they? I don't know. Four. One of these days, you're going to get it right. 29-27. Okay. Should hey, I said did you say a, Did you say Missouri win? Yeah. Oh, let's go. Missouri win by two. Maybe 28-27. Maybe one point win. Um, What... What does this look like? It is, I don't think there's any chance Missouri just runs away with it. They don't have the offense to do it. No. Yeah, I think there's a better chance they get blown out than run away with it. What does that look like? Like Brady Cook self-destructing and turning the ball over and uh, a 
Tennessee light yeah, no, performance no from Barrett the defense. Ban- yeah, no Barrett Bannister, terrible third down conversions. Yeah. Uh, bottled up in the run game. Yeah. I still think Missouri's defense keeps them in the game to some extent. Yeah, we could have a little bit of a hangover from that the that Tennessee second half. If we see that defense, it's not going to be a close game. No. No, as long as uh, if Missouri's offense can keep it competitive in the first half, then I think the defense will be there when they need them. So don't don't go down big early. Although sometimes with this offense, when they get down by a score or two, they kind of make them throw. Yeah, make um, them play aggressive. Yeah, loosen up a little bit and throw the ball around a little bit more. All right, let's get a win. And did we decide? Uh, we're about to pick the rest of the SEC slate. It's rivalry week, and so there's some interesting non-conference matchups. Did we decide if we're going to pick bowl games later? Is this is this it? Mm, might as well. To be determined. Well, yeah. I need some more points, so I'm good with it. That's true. Me too. Uh, yeah. All right, we're done after this. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the count. Yeah, why was I asking the person in, in the lead? No, I actually win? don't care if we do bowl games. Oh, okay. That's totally fine. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Uh, what do we got this week? Some fun matchups. Last week. Oh, sorry. Let's, last do a little, week. let's do a little recap. Yeah, yeah. Please, please, please. Last week, Cameron got two points. Kyle got three. I got four. And the guest pickers got four. I cannot. What was the. Oh, yeah. You guys picked Arkansas to be Ole Miss. How did you see that coming? That was like the easiest Ole Miss pick ever. You did? Yeah. Uh, you, you picked yeah. Arkansas to beat Ole Miss. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was mad about that. There's only a two point. How did Vegas know? They know. They know. They somehow they always know. Well, nobody. They picked. don't always know. That's true. South Carolina beat Tennessee, and that was a twenty-two oh, point spread. There were yes. some weird games last Vanderbilt week. Vanderbilt beat Florida. Yes. Wild. Vanderbilt coming back next year. Watch out. Something about They're building something. <laughs> All right. That brings our season totals to Cameron has fifty-eight. Guest pickers have 65, Kyle has 69, and I have nice. 74. Okay. Not real close. No. That's disappointing. <laughs> Our first game this week is Mississippi State at number 20, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a two-point favorite. Egg Bowl. Ole Miss is still favorite after that atrocity from last week. They're ranked, dude. That's true. <laughs> Got a number next to the name. It's so good. Uh, yeah, give me give me Mississippi State. Give me the upset. Same. Dang it. Uh, who's our guest picker? Um, Britt. Britt. What did he, what did he pick? I don't know. I didn't write it down. Mm, I got it on my phone. No, I'll I'll pull it up. I got it. Oh okay. Don't you got you covered. Don't, don't worry. Okay. About it. Okay. He picked Mississippi State. Okay, I'll pick the not them. Uh, I might have to change. I'll take Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, I gotta switch. Give me Ole Miss. Mm. I don't like that. I don't like that. But it's the Egg Bowl. They'll get up for it, right? Oh yeah, they're back. Well, and you know there was that uncertainty you were talking about oh, with yeah. Kiffin, it's all but good he's now. solidified. He's Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Give me, give me Ole Miss. He's at Ole Miss for the next fifty years. <laughs> all right, Florida at number sixteen, Florida State. Florida sixteen, S- Florida State. Wow. Florida State is a nine and a half point favorite. Mike Norvell making it happen. I'm I am last in the standing, so I get to pick last. Um, I just decided right, I'll take Florida State. Yeah, I gotta go Florida State. Where's it being played? Florida State. And Britt picks Florida State. 
Let's go Gators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just literally picking every game against your will because <laughs> you, <laughs> what you really want to happen. It's I might as well at this point. Yeah. Should have done it from the beginning probably. Next up is Georgia Tech at number one Georgia. Georgia's a 35 and a half point favorite. Sounds good. I'll take Georgia. Mm-hmm. Triple option though. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. something about it. Doesn't yep. work. <laughs> Everybody on Georgia. If you need a des- if you're desperate for six to eight wins every year, though, <laughs> you're desperate yeah. for mediocrity. Yeah. If you never want to, if you just want to zig when everyone else is going to zag, just run the triple option. True. South Carolina at number eight, Clemson. Clemson is a fourteen and a half point favorite. Clemson's this can like be fun. a little fraudulent for how highly ranked they are. Like they've been in the playoff con- uh, conversation all week, all all week, all year, and they suck. But they got to play NC State every week or like yeah. Duke, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. They got a. Uh, that's a terrible conference. Yeah, uh, that's worse. Than Clemson the big- to the SEC. How about Clemson you, and Florida State? You want that? Clemson and Florida State, bring them in. Super conference, sixteen teams. Stop. Uh <laughs> Give me Clemson, though. Uh, in South Carolina, they... Mm. Did Britt pick South Carolina by chance? Uh, No. I'll take South Carolina. Oh, my. This is going to be a disaster. You're going to... Or... Or... A miracle. Or you'll... Or might one of those. Yeah. You might come within five points or someone. <laughs> Number 25, Louisville at Kentucky. Kentucky is a three-point favorite. Give me Louisville. What did Britt pick? Kentucky. Give me Louisville. Yeah, give me Kentucky. Ooh. Let's go, Will Levis. Need you, buddy. You drew your Carolina Panther. <laughs> Maybe. Next up is Auburn at Alabama. Number seven, Alabama. Alabama is a 22-point favorite. Uh, pop quiz, uh, producer Cameron, what's the name of the Alabama-Auburn rivalry? Iron something. Iron, Iron something? Ironside. Iron Bowl. You got it. Ironside Bowl. Um, I'll take Alabama. Iron Curtain. Yeah, I'll take Alabama. Alabama all around. Can't fade that one. 22-point favorite, though. Last week we had one of those that didn't go well. So That's true. Think about it. That's crazy. Think about it. Tennessee, uh, Hendon Hooker towards ACL. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. Sad for him. Mm. Something, to th- something to think about. Something to think about. Did we pick their game yet? Not no. yet. Oh. No. Next up is number five, LSU at Texas A&M. LSU is a 10-point favorite. You mean LSU? Me too. And Brent. Yeah, I'm not picking A&M. Is it a close game? I'm not picking A&M. Okay, yeah, me either. Uh, it could be a close game, though. It's fine. I'll take LSU. All right. Number 10, Tennessee at Vanderbilt. Oh, okay. Tennessee is a 14-point favorite. If Vanderbilt wins this game, I will blank. Anyone want to <laughs> anyone want to fill He's the blank? Like, like wants somebody to do something, but he won't. So he just like, somebody <laughs> volunteer the thing you'll do. Give me Tennessee. All right. If, uh, if Tennessee loses, then Josh Heupel gone to the nfl mm-hmm. i i'm saying 
prediction. You were proclaiming. Yeah. In this very unlikely event, then I know exactly what's going to happen. Okay, hear me out. Yeah. I think Vanderbilt might be the second best team in the SEC. Okay. We're going to have some transitive property action here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay, okay. So, obviously, Georgia's undefeated, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, best. Arkansas is last, actually. Worst team in the SEC. SEC. I like that. Because they got beat by A&M, who got beat by Auburn, who got beat by Mississippi State. Okay. Got beat by Kentucky, Ole Miss, Alabama, got beat by LSU, got beat by Tennessee, got beat by South Carolina, yeah. got beat by Mizzou, got beat by Florida, got beat by Vanderbilt. I so. feel like you could have cut out some steps, but I'm with you. Who Vanderbilt beat Florida. They beat, who else did they beat earlier? I don't know. Kentucky? Hawaii. Hawaii. Well, Vanderbilt beat Kentucky, didn't they not? Yeah, they yeah. did. Okay. This anyway. is the best season they've had in three decades. Yeah. So anyway. Okay, well, are you picking them then? Uh, no, I'll take okay. Tennessee. That's all right. <laughs> Kyle was just waiting oh, for that. Okay. You can say whatever you want. Are you going to pick them? Um, yeah, I'm telling you, Vanderbilt, watch out next year. But I'll take Tennessee. Mm, I thought you... I don't know. What? Are you thinking about it? I thought you were taking a risk, maybe. Nope. Unless Britt picked... Uh, no, then I would still pick Tennessee. Go ahead. Was uh, that it? Uh, No. <laughs> Should be, but it's not. Uh, okay. Nebraska at Iowa. Um, I don't know the spread. Let's see. Nebraska is a underdog. Iowa's favored by ten and a half. Ooh. Can they score that many points? At Iowa. Can Iowa score ten and a half points? Yeah. It might be. They might win this game like 14 to 3. Okay. that's. I'll take it. Give me Iowa. Yeah, I'll take Iowa. You know, you won't do... They broke my heart last week. I'll take Iowa. Yeah, I've picked Nebraska a few times when they honestly should have won the game. Yeah, like losing by one point to Wisconsin. Pitiful. I'll never do it again. In the fourth quarter. Yeah. They suck. Britt did not pick that game because we didn't give it to him, yep. but we'll have him do it. We'll reach out. Yep. Perfect. See you on the gridiron. Good luck to everyone, except not any of you. Just good luck to me, I say. Uh, anything else this week? We're this this is gonna be a good game, I yeah. think. I, I hate think, Arkansas. I think both teams are gonna perform pretty well. We're just gonna we're gonna need to make something happen. Like we're gonna need like a punt return sets us up at the fake five yard punt. line or something. No fake punts this year. No, no, no like special teams trickery. I'm okay with that. Okay, that Don't, especially after seeing that you know. The, the Tyler making stuff. Yeah, Tyler it's making like, uh, fake. Tyler making me crazy when he when he goes out there for that play. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't. The creativity there I liked, but the execution was so terrible. I don't want to see anything like that on special teams. That's fair. I'm keep it safe, it. but keep it secret. Keep it yeah, safe. keep it secret. Keep it safe. L- Luther Burden, give me a nice punt return. Set us up in good field position. 
that could be the the difference okay although it's more likely that missouri's special teams lets us down the other direction like covering a punt yeah that makes a difference anyone want to call the hogs no <laughs> uh, that's the worst thing i've ever heard in my life it is it's truly the worst thing in sports the worst uh, worse than the actual sporting part of it that they do in the stadium is actual hog calling competitions yeah that's that they apparently do in like at the arkansas state fair yeah, yeah it's a, a well-educated group of folks i mean i don't want any part of it i'm scared zoo by 50 yeah oh okay uh, a special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt, Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Lewis Hernandez, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groffalo, Brandon Hanks. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.bigcartel.com.